0: Welcome to This AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. And here is your host, Sarah Haber.
1: All righty. So it is now 12.02. We're going to go ahead and get started with our second ever live podcast recording for This AmeriCorps Life. So thank you all for joining us. For those of you who do do not know me, my name is Sarah Haber. I am the communications and events coordinator here at Arizona Serve. So today we have a very special guest. We have our VISTA volunteer, Sue Kim, joining us today. Hello, Sue, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you doing? Great. Um, so this morning, I I've been working
2: at the food bank doing the walk-in distributions. We've been doing um, yeah distributions every day. So at this point, it's like almost the end of my day, I guess. So I'm pretty tired, but
1: doing well otherwise. So I briefly just mentioned this now. Um, Sue is our AmeriCorps Vista volunteer who is serving at both the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona as well as El Rio health center as our diabetes care coordinator. So that's like quite a mouthful already of a title that you have, but before we kind of dive into that, I was wondering if you could kind of give us some background on who you are, where you come from, and how you ended up, you know, serving as a Vista.
2: Yeah, so I'm originally from New Jersey and I've been in Tucson for about like 9 months now and I studied nutrition and public health during my undergrad years. And although my original career intentions were to like become a registered dietitian and be the person, be that like authority figure to tell people what to eat, I actually became more drawn to like issues regarding food insecurity and health inequity um, as I learned about them in school. And just looking at these issues through like a social justice lens. And I really felt that like being a VISTA really embraced all those ideas. And so to be honest, Yeah, I also looked into Vista for selfish reasons as well. Um, Living in New Jersey, I hated it, and I've always wanted to move somewhere warmer. So I thought this was just like the perfect opportunity for me to kind of dive into something that I wanted to do and also as an opportunity to move somewhere that I wanted to live.
1: Awesome. And are you currently uh, joining us from the food bank right now? Yeah. So I've been at the food bank this morning, and then I just kind of stayed for the podcast. And so, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you were doing this morning?
2: Yeah, sure. So, normally we have food distributions um, Monday through Saturdays from nine to five, I believe. But the hours have been shortened and we're not really accepting volunteers anymore from the public. So, a lot of the staff had to step in and we have a lot of National Guards here now helping us out. And I've been put in charge of the walk in distributions. So, basically, most of the distribution is now drive up to eliminate like the crowd gathering. And like the person-to-person um, contact aspect of like a regular distribution, but there are people who don't have cars. There are people who are coming by foot. Um, there are people who are walking miles just to get food, coming by bus. So I see those clients, and it's not that many, but it's still there's The need is still there, and we can't just we can't just serve people who only have cars. So yeah, I do that from seven to ten in the morning. Originally, it was from like nine to 12, but it's getting hotter now. So we had to move it to like more morning hours. And um, I think that it's been a little bit of a problem because I feel like people don't really, it's like hard to get here by seven in the morning. But yeah, so I've been doing that for the past three weeks here at the food bank.
1: So what you're currently doing right now is not necessarily what a typical day would look like in this role.
2: No, not at all. I mean, my Vista project was food distributions anyway. Um, I guess I'll go into that later. So it's kind of the same thing, but it's not really. I'm still doing food distributions, but more of like as an emergency response to coronavirus instead of like my actual Vista
1: project. So with that then, Sue, um, I'm curious if you can share what a typical day would look like for you in this role. Kind of. Prior to our pandemic that hit us, yeah, so
2: I feel like it's hard to answer what a typical day would look like because just because serving with two organizations, I feel like every day was different depending on where I wanted to go. And with two organizations, I'm like involved in a lot of different things that are outside of my main Vista project. So, for example, there will be like events that El Rio puts on or events that the Community Food Bank puts on, and I would help out with those two. So, yeah, every day was different, but I guess like a typical, typical day would be just kind of coming into office, whether at the food bank for El Rio, and um, just getting ready for my food distributions. I don't know. I guess I should probably go into what my VISTA project was. So in conjunction with the food bank and El Rio, my VISTA project was to set up monthly food distributions at an El Rio health clinic once a month, and just to kind of establish that. But unfortunately, we had to cut it because coronavirus and food distributions normally people walked up like people drove and then they would walk up kind of like a grocery store I guess or like a farmer's market and that was um yeah to eliminate the crowd part and we couldn't we didn't have the capacity to make it a drive-through distribution so we just kind of had to cut it for now so yeah my typical day was just to kind of get ready for that recruiting volunteers um,
1: gathering like physically gathering materials for the distributions. Your title of being a diabetes care coordinator, what exactly is the correlation between these food distributions that you have been setting up to this other issue of diabetes? The food distributions
2: were mostly targeted at El Rio patients who have diabetes, but we didn't really limit the food distributions to that population it was really advertised to like all the tucson community i advertised at the library ymca yeah everywhere but the main goal for the for my vista project was to reduce the hba1c levels of pe- persons with diabetes by providing them with fresh fruits and vegetables for free i'm sorry if you can hear a lot of noise in the background there's a lot of people in the break room laughing
1: that is quite all right So, you know, you are serving on behalf of these two different organizations, and obviously every day is very different. Do you report to both places like every other day? Do you only report to one location? What does that kind of look like?
2: So I have a supervisor at El Rio. Um, She's a registered dietitian. Her name is Holly. And then I also have a supervisor at the food bank, She's a director of health initiatives, and her name is Rhonda, and I report to both. But I feel like I have a lot of uh, freedom in what I do. I, I, don't, I can go wherever I choose to for that day. So, for example, if I have a meeting at the food bank, I'll go work at the food bank. Um, if I have an event at El Rio, I'll go to work at El Rio. It's just all up to me and what I feel comfortable with. Um, I mostly find myself at the food bank more than El Rio just because here I have my own office, whereas El Rio, I'm kind of floating around to wherever there's a free space. So I do like having my own little space to put all my stuff.
1: And so you mentioned earlier that you were kind of originally looking to pursue something within the realm of nutrition. Is that something that you still want to do with your future? And if not, how do you see your role helping you kind of fit in with your personal goals or aspirations? Definitely, I do want to work in nutrition as
2: um, still. I applied for my master's in public health, so I really want to go for like in a career field where public health and nutrition intersect. And I've been really interested in policy lately. I feel that nonprofits are really valuable in the community and filling gaps where the government fails to. But I do feel that real change comes from policy change in the end. So yeah, I'm very passionate about issues regarding food insecurity and health disparities. And I feel that, I'm sorry, can you ask the question again? (laughs) I feel like I'm going off tangent sometimes.
1: Just, you know, how you see this role that you're in right now, helping you get to your next goal in your own personal, professional growth. So I would really like to see myself being like having a seat
2: at the table, being one of the decision makers or influencing health policy in a way. So, yeah, I applied for my master's in public health policy and I do have an undergrad in nutrition. So I would really, really like to work in maybe like a governmental role or I don't know, a role in research influencing policy. I'm at the food bank and I'm at El Rio and I feel that nutrition and public health are my two interests. And I feel this is like the perfect role for me right now. And yeah, I do want to be a decision maker in nutrition and policy sorry, nutrition and public health policy. But I feel that in order to get up there, you have to kind of do the groundwork first. So I really appreciate this role where I can work with the community and just um, being able to understand what the conditions are like at the community level. And yeah, just having this experience, I think will really be valuable and for me to um, be a decision maker at the end of
1: the day. Where have you applied for your uh, master's program? I applied to the U of A. I would really like to stay in Tucson. I love
2: Tucson. And working at the food bank and working at El Rio, there have been so many U of A, University of Arizona students who are doing projects with the food bank and with El Rio. And I would really like to keep my connections with the food bank and El Rio that I have made throughout my service year and just in Tucson in general. I feel like I've made so much, like I've met so many people, I've made so many connections and I would really like to build upon that.
1: And were you considering um, the University of Arizona before you got to Tucson, or was that something that you discovered from serving here? Oh, hey, here's this major university that actually has some programs that really pique an interest with me. Is that something that you found while being here? Um, It's something that I
2: did look into before I moved here, because I knew I wanted to get a master's in public health eventually. But then just being here really sold it for me, seeing everybody else who worked with the food bank in El Rio. It was like, wow, I think I'm really making the right decision.
1: For those of you who are listening, Sue is actually going to take on the role as the VISTA team leader um, after she completes her service as the diabetes care coordinator. So with that, you know, you will be... Uh, working closely with the next crew of VISTA members that are here in Tucson. What are you kind of looking forward to about, you know, filling that role? Um, so it's pretty exciting, and I can't believe
2: that my year is coming to an end so soon. I feel like in the beginning of this year, everyone was telling me that, oh, your, your VISTA year is going to go by so fast, and my year went by so fast. And, I, yeah, I can't believe it went from July to already – may it's practically may now so yeah i'm really excited to take my experience as a vista and just be able to use it to help the new vistas for their year of service and i do feel that like i have a unique experience because i did serve at two different locations so i i feel like that's an advantage for me to be able to relate to the upcoming vistas and um, their various service sites and, um, yeah, I know that when I first started being a VISTA, I was terrified and just, like, confused all the time as to what's happening. And now I feel like I finally have a grasp of things. And I'm just excited to be able to help the next crew of VISTAs that come in and just, and just be able to use this opportunity to further um, develop my, like, leadership skills and communication skills. And, yeah, I just feel that, like, even working for Arizona Server is a good place to be able to cultivate these in, like, a safe environment and, like, a supportive environment yes, I'm pretty excited for this role.
1: Thinking of things that are super confusing when you first enter into your AmeriCorps service, I think that a lot of our elevator pitches or titles can honestly sometimes be confusing. And so for you, you know, having to say, I serve for this organization and I also serve for this organization, you know, it probably gets very, very, uh, it's a mouthful. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I go to like some kind of conference and have to introduce myself. It's like a minute long sentence just to introduce my title and where I serve.
1: So because you will still be here in Tucson, um, and you actually will still be working very closely with Arizona Serve and the AmeriCorps VISTAs, what are you kind of hoping to see kind of come out with the new VISTA who would take over your position? What are you kind of hoping to see them accomplish?
2: Um, well, for the next Vista, because I'm the second Vista, so this will be the last year Vista, I'm really looking forward to like the fresh ideas and the new the new perspectives that they'll be able to bring to this position. And just seeing how they'll put their own spin on this project. I think between the first year Vista and me, we've had, I don't want to say totally different visions, but um, definitely our own flavors. And so I'm just excited to see what this new flavor will be. At the first year, Vista did a really good job laying out the framework, the foundations for this, and just getting this, off, this project off the ground. And then I kind of focused on just like fine tuning the details and just adding to it and enhancing it. But the one thing that I did struggle with was the evaluation portion because, like I said, this is basically geared towards um, El Rio patients with diabetes, but there was really no way to measure how this had an effect on their blood glucose levels or even just to like measure client data based on like what zip code they're from or um, household size things like that and that was the last part that I was kind of starting to work on until the coronavirus happened and then we had to kind of cancel these out Um, so for the last year Vista I would really like to I would really like for them to focus on the evaluation and data collection portion I guess because I think numbers are important and. Like evaluation in general is just important in figuring out is this is this worth it is this worth the effort and the money and the yeah so but i also feel that like i feel bad that i'm not leaving this next vista with as much as i wanted to and i was also figuring out the sustainability piece like who's going to run this after we're gone um that's something that i've been thinking about as well and i don't want to just leave all that to the next vista i feel like it's a lot to leave
1: so with that, um, I think we're going to go ahead and open up the floor to the audience if anybody has any questions. Hi,
0: um, thank you again for explaining your role. Um, I wanted to know what was it like with the transition of like being on the East Coast and moving to Arizona? Because that's like one fear of mine of having if I do take this position it would be a big move and not having like a car or knowing the people. So how was that? How was that transition?
2: I'm guessing you're also from the East Coast?
0: Yeah, I'm from Virginia. So Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, It was definitely a big transition. I cried a lot every day for like a week before I moved here. And definitely, I, I feel like I came into it blind a little bit. But it worked out. Are you looking to come to Tucson specifically? or?
0: Yeah, I was really happy to receive that email about just like more health related roles. And so I was looking at more like visa positions in Virginia, but they were just not really what I was looking for. So I didn't really think to extend and try and look in different states at, um, at different programs. So Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, I can't speak for I guess other states or even other cities in Arizona, but I w- would have to say that Tucson was just like a I feel so lucky that I chose this area. Um, there's a not great nonprofit, scene, a great community here, um, and what really helped me was the Arizona Surf page on Facebook. Um, that's how I found my roommates, and yeah, just I found a great amount of support from other people who are in the same situation who are moving from across the country, and yeah, you just have to. I don't know. It was it's good and. As a visa, you apply for food stamps you get um their version of Medicaid, which is called access and you get like a hundred dollar housing stipend so all those things really helped you help me um, survive out here and i I feel like I'm doing more than surviving like I'm thriving out here. Um, yeah, I would totally recommend it.
0: okay thank you yeah um I, I have a question. How has the um, has the uh, the current health issue been affecting onboarding people, if, if you can answer that.
1: Yeah, so our staff has been doing a really great job of looking at our current onboarding process and figuring out ways that we can make that Um, accessible either virtually or online. So we are still kind of in the beginning stages of of figuring that out. Um, It's certainly on our radar because I know that you will be joining us actually uh, in just a couple of weeks, actually. But Yeah, we have a really, really great team on our staff that is really, really doing some nice things to make sure that we can continue with our onboarding process in several different situations. So whether that is in person or whether that's online or through Zoom, that is what we will be doing. And then for our candidates who will be coming on board, we will be very communicative with them on what that process is actually going to look like.
0: Thank you so much. I was really, I really enjoyed listening to um, what you've been doing, and it it just sounds like a really cool thing.
1: We're happy that you joined us today. Um, I just wanted to go back to Valerie's
2: question. Actually, I feel like I haven't fully answered it. I just thought about because she said she's moving here without a car. Is that right, Valerie?
0: Yeah, it would probably just be me and my bags.
2: (laughs) Okay. I mean, is that like is a car not an option for you,
0: like at all? Yeah, because. Um, yeah, just, like, having an old vehicle, like, having it mm-hmm. drive out there, like, I don't think it would be possible.
2: Okay, that's fair. Um, I would say that in Tucson, I almost didn't bring my car either. And then last minute, I decided I should, and I'm really thankful that I did. Um, with that being said, I do know some Vistas who don't have a car, and they're also getting by um, with the bus and the light rail system here, depending on where you live. Yeah, if you can live, I guess... Within close to downtown, or like some student housing has free shuttles to downtown and stuff like that, um, you can definitely get by. And there's a lot of there's a big biking community here also, which um, is new to me. So I also bought a bike. Yeah, just find a bike, and you can bike anywhere. There's bike lanes. Um, Tucson's very bike friendly. So if you can't bring your car, definitely get a bike. And there's also this great nonprofit here in Tucson called Bikes, and they can help you like fix up your bike or pimp it out and like put like baskets and stuff you can carry groceries and carry whatever else you need um it's yeah it's a great place so i think you'll be fine without a car but if you can get a car highly recommend
0: okay um and then another question how would it be like is the visas would it all be like a group like is there a way of like carpooling or if you're working or living with another vista member at the same nonprofit, is that a possibility as well
2: it's a possibility i guess but Um, your chances of working with another Vista at the same site is not very, it's not very probable, I guess. And even if, so for example, I work at El Rio and the food bank and there's other Vistas at El Rio and the food bank, but our hours aren't always the same. We work in different departments. We don't really see each other as much. So it wouldn't really make sense for us to carpool anyway. Um, But if you can get that situation arranged, that would be great. But it's not something that I would really rely on, to be honest.
1: What Arizona Serve mostly does, or not mostly does, what we do do, um, is we are helping to connect individuals who are interested in serving as AmeriCorps volunteers with our different partner organizations that have those open positions. So, for example, there are organizations like Sue just mentioned where we do have multiple members that are serving there. Um, Not everyone will be doing the same project, so it's not like if you were to join Arizona serve, all of your cohort would be working on the same thing at the same place. We're kind of all over the place.
0: Okay. But there is like- that
1: possibility of there being other members um, who are also serving at that same site.
0: Okay. So like more individualized. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um,
2: something that I did before moving here was like, I looked at my service site And I try to find houses near it or somewhere where like the bus can easily access it. So for the food bank, there's a bus stop right in front of the food bank. So I try to look at the bus routes and see like where along the bus route can I live that I can get to the food bank or El Rio. I mean, for me, it was a little harder because I had two service sites that I need to go back and forth to to consider. But if you only have one service site, um, yeah, that'll be definitely helpful to research beforehand.
0: Okay, cool.
2: I have a question. Um, so Sue, can you talk a little bit about, um, like how your lifestyle has had to change? I'm not sure what your lifestyle was like before becoming an AmeriCorps volunteer, but if you could just talk about the difference
1: between before and now.
2: Um, definitely you're financially strained a lot more. Back home, I had a decent job with benefits, um, that I left and also just the East Coast vibes and like the Southwest vibes are just completely different. Also, like living with roommates that I've never lived with before. So I met two strangers on Facebook, basically, and just decided to live with them. Um, And it's been great, but also just having to adjust to that. But it hasn't changed. I mean, I feel like it's changed for the better. I've been having a lot more fun here, definitely, especially compared to New Jersey and Tucson. Tucson's a lot cheaper to live in. Um, Yeah, the cost of living in general is just way cheaper. So I feel like it evened out. Um, I, yeah, I definitely have to, like, I had to stop online shopping, things like that. I had to give up, but it wasn't like anything
0: major. Thank you. -hmm. Um, I have another one. Um, I'm still trying to like figure out all the different, like, I guess, sectors or programs of AmeriCorps. Could you like explain briefly, like difference between Vista, AmeriCorps and like just all the different programs they have?
2: I believe there's Vista, State and National, and N C, Sarah, right? Yeah. So I think Vista is more. You're kind of like a volunteer staff member. You're kind of more indirect service. You're. I'm in the office a lot, um, where and then State and National. You're doing more direct service. So for example, a Vista might create um, an education program, and then a State and National member would implement that education program. If, I'm not, if that's correct, right? Sarah, you're nodding your head. <laughs> and then Triple I think, is, like, totally different where you're working more, like, um, national parks, conservation type of work. I'm not too – that's the one that I'm least familiar with. Yeah. But I feel like this is a really good step of, like, an in-between job between, like, I guess, like, a big-person big, big person job and, like, college. It's a good transition step, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that mm-hmm. made a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, the biggest takeaway Sue explained this very well, um, it's just, you know, thinking of service directly versus indirectly. And the main takeaway with the VISTA branch of service is um, building capacity and sustainability for programs. Whereas, you know, on the state level and even on the NCCC level, it's more direct service. So that's definitely the biggest difference between all of them. Okay, thank you. All righty. Well, then if that is everything, um, thank you so much, all of you, for joining us today for our second ever live recording of This AmeriCorps Life. Um, You can find this podcast on anchor.com or you can search for us in Spotify or Apple Music or you can find us right on our website at arizonaserve.org. Thank you so much, Sue, for joining us and sharing your experience and your insight and answering the questions that these folks had for you today. Um, yeah. Thank you all for being here. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having thank you so me. Much. Uh, thank you.
0: You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at ArizonaServe.org and at Prescott.edu.